0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Good evening, everyone. We want to welcome you this evening to Fellowship Church and our midweek service. So glad that you can join us here tonight. and Praise God, I got a good word to share with you that I believe will be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you're living in the last days? The Bible says that Jesus' return is nearer now than when we first believed. Thank God for his promise that he said, I'm coming again. So, you know, we really are living in exciting times. I'm telling you, it's such a great time to be alive. Now, of course, a lot of folk, you know, they may be thinking a lot of other things, but I'm telling you, you know, as a child of God, As a believer, glory to God, what an exciting, exciting time we find ourselves living in because Jesus said that he would come again for his bride, the church. And so thank God, you know, we have the privilege of being faithful. We have the opportunity, praise God, to be found doing what it is that he's asked us to do in these last days. And with that comes an eternal reward. Hallelujah. You know, praise God, it's going to be a great time for us to all sit around and celebrate the obedience of children of God, what it is that they did in their lifetimes, praise God, to advance the kingdom, to obey the call of God, to do the work of God, to be involved in the church, to volunteer, you know, to be the people, praise God, that are on the front lines doing the work of the ministry. And praise God, I tell you what, I just appreciate each and every one of you you that are involved in helping, praise God, to push the kingdom of God forward, to advance it through the ministry of the Word of God to children, to youth, and all of the other things that we're doing here at the fellowship, supporting missionaries and different things of that nature. All of these things contribute to the advancement of of the kingdom of god and for us to be doing or obeying what it is that jesus said for us to do you know um, here for the last month we've been meeting and, you know, praise God, it's just getting better and better. We're able to do some different things more and more. We're excited about that. We recently opened up our our preschool so that the kids could go and be taught the Word of God so that the parents could actually hear what the pastor was saying and not necessarily be so interrupted and distracted by trying to, you know, ride herd over the uh, uh, their brood. So, you know, those are, those are great things. Our children's church is back up and running, and that's such a great time for the kids to actually be able. Matter of fact, Miss April was asking the kids, don't you love to be in the adult service for praise and worship? And, and the re- resounding response was no, because they like their own stuff. And so, you know, we're just excited about the advancement of what it is that we're doing here in order to get things back to the normal place where they belong. And that won't be very long, and, and we'll be doing all the same things that we've always been doing. So thank you so much, praise God, for your patience with us. You know, there's a lot of things that we've had to do differently and so on and so forth, but you've all been... So, so very good. And we thank you for that. Praise God. And so um, we're just looking forward to these days and weeks and months ahead. We're talking to different individuals about some uh, uh, events and meetings that we're wanting to do. Praise God. So that we can, you know, bask, hallelujah, soak in the Word of God. Praise God. To learn and to be imbued with his power. Hallelujah. So thank God for his word, and we're looking forward to the future. We hope that you are too, because I tell you what, better things are in store for the child of God, for the believer. This evening, I want to share with you just an important message that seems to be a resounding thing within my heart, because we are living in perilous times. There's just so many things that are going on. But I tell you what, if you're a child of God that has been rooted and grounded and established in the truth, praise God, you have nothing to fear. But you know a lot of people are being dominated by fear. A lot of people, you know, they've become angry. The Bible says in the last days that, you know, individuals become lovers of themselves. And, you know, uh, the love of God grows cold, all these things. And, and certainly that can and, and perhaps is happening but the exciting thing is, it doesn't happen to, or it doesn't have to happen to you or to me. So I'm going to share this scripture or this this uh, message with you this evening, and I hope you'll take take hold of it. It it has or carries with it some weight, but you know, praise God. I mean, some of the things that we need to know and understand uh, the the very nature of them. Uh, is just that they can be very weighty you know and uh, not that this isn't going to be something that we can't look forward to and understand why but yet right on the other hand we have to you know face reality we have to deal with the truth and so we're going to be doing that here a little bit this evening and I know that you'll be blessed by it so let's pray let's just commit our hearts to this and and uh, let's get into it father we love you tonight So grateful, Father, for your blessing in every one of our lives. And as we come before you, Father God, I thank you that we are ready. Listeners, Father, that we have hearing ears, eyes to see, and hearts that believe the Word of God. So, Father, we believe that tonight we're going to be taught the Word of God and that that Word, that living Word, Father God, will find its rightful place within each and every one of our hearts and minds. And that our, as our minds are renewed, we know that our lives will be changed. And so we just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name. I <clears throat> excuse me, want to start with John chapter 15. And let's notice something that Jesus said in verse 7. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide or live in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you or unto you. And then he goes on to say, herein, in this, is my Father glorified that you bring forth much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples, or my disciplined followers. Notice in that verse 7, it says that if we abide in him, and listen, his words abide in us, hallelujah, we can ask what we will, and it'll be done for us. I'm telling you what a profound promise that is. I remember one minister made the statement, and it's certainly true. He said that the Word of God abides in us to the extent that we practice it. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. You know, the Word of God abides or lives within us to the extent that we practice it. And so Jesus then went on to say, he said, Herein is my Father glorified that you may bear much fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. Did you know that? Praise God. And he said, so shall you be my disciples. Who are his disciples? They're the ones that are bearing fruit. Who are the ones that are bearing fruit? The ones that are allowing God's word to abide in them to the extent of practicing it. Tonight, I want to talk to you about valuing or esteeming God's Word in your life. This isn't really so far removed from some of the midweek services and even our Sunday morning services that I've been communicating here for perhaps the last, well, few months. And the reason is is that it just seems that this, this theme is burning within my heart because I know that if the child of God is to succeed, if the child of God is to overcome, if the child of God is to enjoy peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, then I'll tell you what, you better make the Word of God your delight. And not only that, but esteem it so very highly to allow it to be the authority within your life. Now, of course, a lot of disciples or children of God, believers, you know, they say, well, yeah, you know, the word of God. You know, I mean, it's it's right there. Top drawer. You know, it's the thing I I esteem. It's the thing, you know, it's the final authority. But the reality is, is that, you know, while we sometimes are well intended by that statement, if we're not practicing what it is that he says, then what we're really saying isn't true. Now, that's kind of rough. You know, it's a little hard maybe to swallow. But the truth of the matter is, is that when God's Word is working within your life, it's, it's solving problems. It's, it's fixing stuff. Hallelujah. And so we have to reevaluate sometimes. You know, really, am I, am I doing the Word of God? Am I really, really practicing what it is that, that God says in my life? But here's what Jesus said. He said, if you'll abide in me, And my words abide in you, you will, in fact, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So, I I just want to make this statement, you know, when it comes to us as children of God and believers, you know, God's Word has to be, now listen, genuinely esteemed and honored with our lives in order for it to produce its results. Because, see, God's Word works, you know, you'll find people all the time, you know, Pastor, I don't understand, blah, 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 you know, and they'll say all these different kinds of things. Well, you know, it may be a, 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 an honest uh, mistake or, or lack of understanding or whatever the case might be. But, but here's the fact, if we're doing the Word of God, the Word of God will produce its results, and they're predictable. And so if that's not happening, then we have to at least examine ourselves and say, you know, I'm missing it somewhere, You know, I don't know. It's kind of inherent within uh, the the sinful nature that we always want to blame something or someone else. But I tell you, at the end of the day, if you really want to grow, if you really want to advance, if you really want to move forward, hallelujah, then praise God, you've got to do these self-examinations with real honesty and transparency. So that's why I say, you know, that God's word has to be genuinely esteemed. And again, let me just say this, you know, that a lot of people, they're not experiencing the blessing of God, the promises of God, uh, the, the, the purpose or the will of God or what it is that he said, because truly, you know, if you look at it carefully, they, they don't regard what it is that God has said. They're not really, listen, they're not really doing that. They're not doing it. And so, again, if you want it to happen in your life, if you want to experience the blessing that comes from, you know, the Word of God, then we've got to be doers of it. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, um, for example, you know, uh, most of you are all familiar with driving, things of that nature, you know, and you'll come to a certain intersection and maybe you turn to the right and you'll see a great big sign there to your right and it says, yield. Okay, yield right of way. And so in other words, what it's saying is is that your personal responsibility at that intersection is to yield for any uh, oncoming traffic that's attempting to go the same direction you are because that traffic has the right of way. And so what you have to do is you may have to slow down or whatever the case might be. Sometimes you have to come to a complete stop because there's so much traffic that's coming. But that sign is an indicator. And what it's telling you is, is that your responsibility right here in this place is that you are to yield to the other traffic. Why am I using that as an example? Because the, the unfortunate thing about it is, is God's word is like that yield sign. And it tells us, you know, that if you'll do what I tell you, that this will be the result. If you don't, then something else or another consequence can, can occur. In other words, let me ask you, you know, what's the potential effect if you don't yield or obey that sign? Well, you could hit someone. Someone could hit you, um, you know, there may be some damage, but at the, uh, uh, on the other hand, someone could actually lose their life because they chose not to listen or obey or yield to what it is that the sign was saying. So a lot of times, you know, people in their lives, they, they end up in all kinds of messes, you know. And, and for whatever reason, of course, it can't be their problem or their, their responsibility. And so away we go. Well, dear friend, I'm telling you what, you're bigger than that. If you're a child of God, you know better. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, sometimes we just have to be honest with ourselves. You know, we think that someone or something else is going to fix what's going on in our lives. Now, I told you this might be a little bit rough tonight or, you know, be weighty. But you know what? If you're watching this, I know that you want better. For your life. I know that there's a desire within you to have God's best. And I appreciate so much the fact that you would take the time sit there in your living room and watch this broadcast so that something can be learned. I mean, there's really no reason for us to do it if we're not gonna make an application of it. So we just have to ask ourselves, you know, hey, am I obeying the signs where my life is concerned, where God is concerned? Or am I just saying, you know what, let somebody else figure it out. I'm just going to go and do whatever it is that I want to do. Well, of course, that doesn't always work out very well. I remember many years ago, just a mile south from where we live out in the country, there was a young man, and we knew the, the individual, you know, but, but he was down in that part of the country, and he was coming back, and, and he was about to cross a gravel road that was, uh, didn't have stop signs. It was the primary road, and his, his road had a stop sign. Well, he didn't obey it. And as a matter of fact, he didn't stop at all. He just acted like he had the right of way. He didn't have to stop. And all of a sudden, we had an unbelievable accident out in the country, not far from where we, we live. Now, you know, when you're in town, you know, you're going 35 mile an hour or whatever the case might be, you know, things happen. But when you're on a gravel road and people are driving 55, 60 mile an hour, you know, it launched this car. I don't remember who hit who, but it, it went terribly wrong. And so much damage was done, all kinds of things. Now, thank God no, no one's life was lost, but, you know, here's the thing. He didn't stop. And see, when God's telling you to stop and you don't, you know, for whatever the reasonings are, then, then, then what can he do as much as he wants to try to help you? You know, we, uh, I mean, I think we can all agree that, that what this young man did was foolish, yeah, it wasn't wise at all. And the consequences of it could have been actually, could have been quite a bit worse. Well, you know, in the book of Proverbs, you know, when, when Solomon was writing uh, that book, he talked about the simple, the scornful, and the foolish. Huh. But then he, you know, talked about the wise and so on and so forth. But, but I want to I read with you, if you would turn with me in Proverbs chapter 1 and look at this 22nd verse with me, if you would, please. Because I want you to, I want you to hear something that, that he tells us here in these verses that I think can help us. Notice what he says here, book of Proverbs. And notice it says in verse 22, if you'll look with me, please. Notice it says, how long... You simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. What's that mean? Well, that just means that, you know, when people give counsel to someone, they they're they're just almost disgusted with the eyes. Like, what are you gonna tell me? Or whatever. So it's this scornful kind of, you know, almost mocking kind of response to the truth that can set them free. He said, so how long, you simple ones? Simple people are, are people that just, you know, they don't have much regard for anything. There's, you know, well, I remember one time this individual that that had um, evidently made a commitment to Christ, but he wasn't living for God. And so I talked with him about it. And I said, dude, you know, you gotta you gotta straighten up your life. You gotta live for Jesus if you want uh, the blessing of God in your life. And and he just made this statement, he says, Hey Mike, don't worry about it. I'm okay. Well <laughs> i got to tell you, he was not okay, and I can tell you right now, historically, his life did not go well. Well, so he says, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And then he goes on to say in this same verse, he says, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Notice he goes on to say in 23, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and I will make known my words to you. You know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. It seems to apply right here. But, you know, the word of God isn't given to us to punish us. It is given to us to bless us. And so he said, turn at my reproof. And, and, and you know, the Bible, uh, friends, sometimes it has that, that flavor that's telling us you can't do this. You know, you can't keep living this way. You can't keep doing uh, your dirt or whatever, you know, however you want to describe it. And, and expect a, a, a different result. It just does not work that way. But again, you know, he said in this twenty-third verse, he says, "Turn at my reproof, and I will pour out my spirit to you, and make known my words to you." Now that's that's interesting. He said, "If if you listen to what I'm saying, I'll I'll pour my spirit upon you, and I will again." Uh, he says. Uh, make known my words to you. I'm telling you what, that's a good deal, amen? But there's a condition there, and that condition rests with us, and that is is that we have to turn when God is giving us instruction, correction, improve, reproof, I should say, or some type of uh, instruction in righteousness. Now, drop down to 31. You can read this whole chapter yourself if you like sometime, but notice it says this. This is in regard to those who don't listen. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple will slay them. Now now understand, he's not saying that the Word of God is simple. He's saying that the simple turn away. And the result of that is that they end up being slain. And then he goes on to say in this verse, and the King James used the word prosperity, but actually it's the word complacency. The complacency of fools will destroy them. Well, what's the, what's the moral of this story? Well, we don't want to be simple, we don't want to be scornful, and we don't want to be foolish. We want to be wise. Who are the wise? The wise are the ones who listen to the Bible, and they give regard to it, they, they esteem it. Now, this takes faith, of course. You're going to have to accept and believe and trust that what God is telling you is true. Hallelujah. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but I tell you what, it'll pay off big dividends if you do so. Hallelujah. So what we see here is, is that foolish people disregard the Word. They don't, you know, and, and, and a lot of times, you, you know, when you bring the Bible up or you say you love Jesus or, you know, uh, anything, you know, that relates to that people you know so often these days they'll, they may mock you or 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 be so scornful towards you or whatever but dude don't let it bother you one bit you're the one who's screwed on to the right bolt not them so you don't have to apologize you don't have to be embarrassed You don't have to, you know, feel any kind of of, um, remorse or whatever, however you would call it. Praise God. You ought to rejoice, glory to God, because you know the truth, and the truth is what makes people free. And so we understand, again, that foolish people don't regard uh, the Word of God. I'll give you an example. When uh, when I was very young in ministry, uh, I bet uh, probably in the first decade or the first 10 years of my ministry, I had preached a message entitled The Life's Priorities or The Priorities of Life. And these priorities were very simple. You know, number one is God. Number two is your spouse. Number three is your children. Number four is the church. And number five is your job. Pretty simple. But yet right on the other hand, you know, I preached this message And interestingly enough, as a kind of a sideline to that, you know, when I gave that order of priorities, I was really challenged by some of the individuals within the church because they didn't like the idea that I was putting the job that they had last. In other words, you know, when it came to the church, you know, that the church should have the priority over the job. Well, I think you need to qualify that. You know, the thing that I would say is, is there's a lot of people who have forsaken the church for money. They work on weekends when they when they could some some folk and understand this some folk they have to work on weekends given their job circumstance a lot of people don't and they do it anyway well as far as I'm concerned they're letting that job become the priority over the church and I'll just tell you right now that doesn't work it has a detrimental effect on the lives of the people who make those decisions. Now, again, let me qualify that there are those who are required to work on weekends, and so they can't make it to church, but, you know, they come on Wednesday nights or they do whatever they do. So, in other words, the church has its place. Now, the other thing, you know, that goes along with this is, is that, you know, um, being challenged by that, that list of priorities you know, <clears throat> some individuals would challenge their, their work or their job or their career and, and put it over their children, maybe put it over their spouse. You know, I, I can't not work. i got to work. You know, I'll lose my job. And, and again, I'm not saying this in that context. I'm talking about what real priorities you have as an individual in your heart, what it is that you're putting first, second, third, fourth, and so on and so forth. So anyway, about, it wasn't, but maybe six months later, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to teach that, that uh, series of lessons again. And, you know, of course, you know, in my reasoning, in my mind, I just thought, well, I'm not going to do that. I just got done doing it. I mean, you know, what, well, why would I do that? He said, teach it again. And so I did. Well, what I didn't know is there was a lot going on in many of the couples within our church and in their lives. Young couples, newly, not newly married, but, but, but fairly new because we were all you know young and things like that. And all of a sudden, it was just like we had a crop of bad seed that started to manifest itself. And we had uh, uh, lots of couples who had serious marital problems for lots of different reasons, many of which ended up, you know, in divorce, so on and so forth. And I got to tell you, as a young pastor, it was it really was devastating to me because I've always come to know and understand that God's word does work. And praise God, Jesus Christ came to give us life and life more abundant. And in the context of that, he wants us to have victory. So I was, I, I, I was just pretty troubled about it as a young minister, almost disillusioned, because it's like, God, you know, what's going on here? Your word's true, but this isn't happening. And what I fail to understand is, yes, his word is true, but if you don't apply it, if you don't make an application of it, it doesn't make any difference. You know how true it is. It's never going to do you any good. So it was, a, it was a, a, a difficult time. It was a very challenging time. But I come to realize that really in the, at the end of the day, these people, you know, and they're good people. They're great people, you know. But they did not put the Word of God and its instruction first in their lives and do the things that needed to be done. They didn't, they didn't solve the problems, whatever they were within the context of their marriages and, uh, you know, the Bible tells us how to behave toward one another in a married relationship. Now, sometimes you got to do some digging. You know, you got to do some studying. You have to do some praying. You have to ask God to help you. you got to humble yourself. you got to submit yourself one another out of the fear of Christ. You know, all of these different uh, principles that are found in the Word of God. And some people are just not willing to. They don't want to do that. You know, they've been hurt in their lives, you know, and things, and their thinking's all jaded and so on and so forth. And, boy, they're in a bad place. And I tell you what, there's a lot of folk that are like that, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It doesn't have to remain there. But I tell you this much about it, you are going to have to turn to the Word of God. You're going to have to turn your face toward Him. You're going to have to humble yourself before Him. And you've you got to say, God, um, uh, I've got problems and then say, God, I, you know, uh, I, I want to blame this or them or whatever, but I know that i got to fix me, and so I ask you to help me. And if you'll do that, my friend, I tell you what, he'll start turning the lights on, and he'll start showing you things that can bring about change in your life if you'll believe in and you'll trust him. Hallelujah. So, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, um, so there are these things in our lives that the Word of God gives guidance to. Just not long ago, I talked to a guy, and uh, he'd been married for 29 years, had three teenage kids. And he was in the, in the middle, well, he was actually separated and basically heading for a divorce. And, and uh, you know, I just thought about those three teenage kids, you know. And, and, you know, the whole thing was over what? It was over money, making money. You know, and I got to ask you, you know, it's just like the Bible tells, Ask the question, you know, what is it that a man has gained if if he, you know, gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? What what has it profited him? And I thought about those three kids. I mean, they were, you know, 8, 10, and 18 or whatever the, the numbers were. But I thought this guy over money, over money. Which, which he was, you know, I would, I would consider him to be successful. But he was giving, he was giving up the very best of his life for something that is so fleeting that will do nothing for you in eternity, and it was very, very uh, a sad circumstance. So, you know, the thing is, is that whether we like it or not, maybe uh, I, I've just been thinking about this lately. You know that sometimes we got some blind spots. You know what I'm saying? You know, the Bible says uh, there is a way that seems right unto man, but it only leads to death. Wow, that's kind of scary, huh? Like, you know, and that's why we need God's word. That's why we need his influence in our life. That's why we have to, you know, put our lives under the microscope of his word and say, God examine me. You know, because, because you know, a lot of times we can think that we're doing the right thing, you know, and I'm trying, you know, I'm doing this and that and the other, but, but we're missing it. And God's word and his spirit can bring illumination and understanding to our lives if we will open ourselves up to Him. I hope that you're enjoying what it is we're talking about here tonight because it could really bless you and bless people that are around you. You know, uh, and, and, and you know, sometimes people say, well, why are you so strong, you know, on this esteeming God's Word and and being grounded in it? Because what you don't realize is... My wife and I have been involved in ministry for over 40 years now, 40-plus years. And what we know and what we realize is that many people, listen to me, many people are one decision away from, did you hear me? I said they are one decision away from financial, marital, moral ruin. And we don't think about our lives that way. Most people just don't, you know. But, but I'm, you know, when, when people are in these battles and they're, you know, fighting for their marriages and they're trying to figure out what in the world's going on and all these things, and, and they don't come to a resolution, if they don't come to some place to where there's correction, that there's change, that there's things that, you know, happen for the good, guess what? There's going to come a time when they say, you know, I'm done or... I quit, or I'm finished, or however you define it. You know, you have to understand that people just don't wake up one morning and say, well, you know, I'm just going to throw my life down the toilet. No, that's not the way it works at all. But what, it, what does happen is, is that people don't find the answers that they need when it comes to these circumstances, or they don't put the effort into finding out those answers so they can really get it fixed. Listen, God wants to fix Whatever it is that's broken in your life, but you have to give him your undivided, did you hear me? you got to give him your undivided attention. And I tell you, there are so many things in this world to distract and to draw us away. And i got to tell you, man, there's only one thing that's needful, and it's him and what it is that he has to say with regard to your life. you got to understand, everybody, listen, life is not a dress rehearsal. This is it, buddy. We get one chance to do this right. Hallelujah. Now, maybe you've made some mistakes, and, you know, maybe you've had some failings. Uh, Who of us have not? But here's the important point in that, and that is that, yes, we have, but that stuff is in our past. It's in the rearview mirror. The question is, is what am I going to do going forward? How am I going to change what it is that has caused the, the pain, and the heartache, and the things that are, you know, in my past, so that they don't reoccur I mean, if you know, God doesn't want those things in our lives in any way, shape, or form, and it's important for us to understand that. I mentioned this before, you know, but again, uh, my wife and I, we've been at this for over 40 years, and we've seen a lot of things. And what I mean by that is, is that I see guys, you know, all the time teetering on the brink of unfaithfulness, they got all kinds of excuses they all got all kinds of reasonings that the devil is using to try to talk them into taking that final step, making that one decision that is going to ruin their lives forever. Did you hear me? And it's not only with men. It can be with women, too. You know, and so these are the kinds of things that people are wrestling. This is real stuff, you guys. But I'm telling you, God designed our lives. He said, it's not good for a man to be alone. I'll make a help meet or someone compatible for him. And he brought Adam and Eve together. And it was from that that a family was given birth to. But you know, we see in our society more and more segregation, more and more separation, all of these different kinds of things where people are living. And, And I'm not opposed to that, but I'm just telling you that God's best life and life more abundantly is found within the context or... Or under the umbrella of our obedience to Him, Hallelujah, and to apply what He said to the problems of our lives so that they can be fixed. And God wants to fix them so desperately, dear friend, He really does, Hallelujah. But we see this all the time. I've seen wives whose 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 schedules are are, are unsustainable, and you say, well, you know, women are just such great multitaskers, you know, and and I would say, yes, but. For at, at what expense? You know, there's only really so much. You know, Jesus seen his disciples come back from a from a um, um, ministry or a missionary campaign and he drew them apart to rest a while. You know, and, and there are ladies, there are women, there are mothers. I mean, they're just I mean, they are just burdened with all of this stuff. And listen, it's not sustainable, it has to change. Something has to change. And the problem is, is that people don't know what to do. Well, I'm telling you this much about it. There's a God in heaven that does, and he can help you, but it's only if we'll turn to him. You know, so many times in those, those kinds of circumstances, you know, where, we, where love isn't the, the, the cherished word within the relationship of a husband and wife, but rather husbands are being demoralized by their spouses. Come on. You know, they're being demoralized by their their spouses because there's no chance of approval from these wives. It's it's never enough. You know, it's like, you're such a loser. Why don't you just, you know, whatever, you know. I'm telling you, these things are hideous, and they're real, and they're in the lives of people. I'm talking about believers, because they're not obeying the Word. They have succumbed to the world's way of thinking. You know, some people say, well, I'd just be better off by myself, you know, And, and they got this you know, jaded, messed up kind of thinking, and they carry it with them. They know it's not true, but somehow or another they've convinced themselves that that's what should happen. Dear friend, I'm telling you, nothing could be further from the truth. God's best is our obedience to him and fixing the problems that we have in this life. You know, I mean, I'll give you another example. I'm talking about the 40 years experience. I've seen couples that are drowning in seas of of debt, I mean, they've, they've, they've just got themselves so buried that they couldn't get happy no matter what. Well, you know, it didn't just happen, but there were things that they were doing that they shouldn't have been doing, buying things that they didn't need to impress people that they don't even like, you know? So it's like, you know, what am I doing here? It's It's insanity. But listen, again, let me say, as much as I, I talk about it from the negative standpoint, you know, these, these are solvable problems. These are things that can be changed. But I tell you what, if you don't decide that you're going to bow your knee to the instruction of God's Word, begin to value and esteem it and say, God, show me, help me, teach me what it is that I need to know, then, then, then there is no solution to it uh, uh, as far as God's perspective on the thing is concerned. You know, I'll give you another example today in the world in which we're living. You know, there are teenagers that are so confused about their sexuality. You know, they're being told all kinds of things, so they don't know what to do. I'm talking about things that, that literally, you know, with one more decision, can literally ruin and destroy their lives because God has set a precedence for what is proper, what is right, and what is good. You know, male and female and so on and so forth, and that's not really my subject. But, but, but kids are dealing with these things, and they're trying to sort through it. You know, well, maybe this, maybe that. There's no maybe. I'm telling you what, the Word of God tells us clearly what is and what is not. You know, and, and uh, the devil forever within our culture and society has done everything he can to take away every absolute that he can Because that will bring people into a land of indecision, confusion, and ruin. Well, thank God we've got his word. And I'm telling you what, it is an absolute word. And praise God, it can bring blessing to your life. And the only thing that you and I need to do, praise God, is, well, here's a point, you guys. There's a lot at, at stake. Listen, there's a lot at stake for ignoring his word. And you're a child of God. I'm a child of God. And now more than ever, praise God, we need to give heed to what it is that God said. And so that's the thing, you know, in in all of this, like I said, it's been a bit, you know, weighty or whatever the case might be. But here's the thing you need to know. But God, hallelujah, God and his word, they are the answer to the problems that you and I face within our lives. Oh, God, help us to submit ourselves to the counsel of your word. So that we can be whole, so that we can be healed, so that there can be restoration and recovery, so there can be health, so there can be soundness and and wholeness within our lives. That's what God wants, and it's the word, the living word, that brings that soundness to each and every one of us. You know, if you will, turn with me over to John's gospel, back to the uh, 17th chapter of John. We were there uh, with our text, but notice here something Jesus said uh, with regard to this. He was, uh, uh, this was after he had had uh, his meal uh, with the disciples at the Last Supper we referred to, and uh, had given them instructions and and told them about the coming of the Holy Spirit, so on and so forth. And then he began this prayer. And I want you to note with me in chapter 17, verse 8, notice it says, Jesus speaking, he said, For I have given unto them the words which you gave me, and uh, they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from you, and they have believed That you have sent me. He said, I pray for them. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad Jesus prayed for us? Glory to God. Now, drop down to verse 14. He says in verse 14, For he said, I have given them your word. Notice again in verse 8, he said it this way He said, For I have given unto them the words that you gave me. I have given them your word you want your life fixed? I want my life fixed. If I want my life fixed, the way it's going to happen is when I give heed to, when I regard and esteem what it is that Jesus said, and then I make my life align itself to what it is, he said. Again, in verse uh, 14, he said, I've given them thy word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. I pray not that you would take them out of the world, or out, yeah, out, out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil that is in the world. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word, thank you, Jesus, is truth. It's true. It's true. Hallelujah. That's the way that you and I remain sanctified in the world that is so ugly, so dark, so mean, and all of the other things that you want to use to describe it. The way you and I remain sanctified is to love the truth, walk in the truth, and let it be the thing that guides us where our personal lives are concerned. I mentioned this before. Let me mention to you you again, you know, the the, the Bible isn't intended uh, to imprison anyone. It is intended to bless you. It is intended to set the captive free. Hallelujah. Now, look with me, if you would, in Mark chapter 4. We looked at this uh, here a while back, and just for the sake of our teaching, as we uh, try to wind this down a little bit. Notice in Mark chapter 4 with me, if you would, please. Uh, Jesus spoke this parable about the sower sowing the word. He described the different conditions of the soil, which... uh, 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 refers to the condition of people's hearts and people that, you know, didn't produce anything and those that, you know, ended up producing uh, 30, 60, and 100 fold. But notice with me, if you would, if you drop down into the 21st verse of this, he said to them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? Well, of course, when you bring a candle into a room, it isn't to be hidden. It's rather to be, you know, put out there to where it can shine. Isn't that right? So that's his question. Is a candle, you know, brought to be eaten? No, it's, it's intended to be put on a candlestick. And notice 22, he says, there's nothing hid that shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. So if any man ha- have ears to hear, let it hear. In other words, he's saying, I want you to know. He's not saying, I'm not hiding, th- you know, things from people, but, but, you know, you have to have ears to hear. You have to have a, a regard or an esteem. You can't be simple, scornful, or a fool. You have to be willing to, you know, incline your ear to what it is that he's saying so that these things can happen. He says, I'm telling you this, this parable, you know, and what it is, is it's, a, it's an earthly story ex, uh, illustrating a spiritual truth. It's how the kingdom of God functions. This is what happens. It's all right here. And, and I got to tell you, man, it's exciting because it's telling you the devil comes immediately to take the word that's sown in your heart. And there are the cares, the worries, and the deceitfulness of riches that cause all these other things, you know, to come in and steal the word of God. But there are others that don't allow these things to happen and they bring forth fruit. Hallelujah, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Glory be to God forevermore. Amen. But, but this, is the, this is the functionality of the kingdom of God, this is reality as it, as it is within our lives, and we have to learn that what God is saying to us is true. So he's just saying, if you've got ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 24, notice this, it says, he said to them, take heed to what, you know, Two is not in there, it's implied, take heed to what you hear. Huh? Because with the same measure you use or apply it, it will be measured to you. Now listen to this. And to you who hear, yeah, more will be given. For again, he that has ears to hear, to him shall be given. He that has not from him shall be taken away, even that which he has. What's that mean? That just means, again, that people who, who submit themselves to the authority of the Word of God, that they esteem and regard it for really what it is, God's living Word that is truth, that they're going to hear more of it, and it's going to help them become better grounded, more established. You know, they're, they're not going to be soon removed. They're going to be the people that are building their house on the rock, hallelujah, not on the sand, You know, all of the things that Jesus described where people's lives are concerned. And, you know, Jesus doesn't want us to build our house on the sand. He's saying, no, man, go over here on the rock. Build your house on the rock of doing God's word. And I'm telling you, when the storms of life come, when it's all over with, you'll still be standing. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Praise God forevermore. So, you know, I just want you to know, God wants you to know. He wants you to know. Uh, There's a story in the Old Testament about Elisha and uh, Naaman. Naaman was a leper. He was a, uh, I think it was a military uh, uh, man. He was a person of, of, of some renown. And Elijah the prophet spoke the word of the Lord to him, and he said, go dip in the Jordan seven times. And, you know, he was ticked. Naaman was upset. You know, he thought maybe he was going to have to, you know, perform some kind of, you know, whatever. He's going to have to give money or whatever the case might be, you know, to be recovered from his leprosy. And, and, and Elisha just said, you know, go dip in the uh, Jordan. He said, are not the waters of Parfar and uh, some other place better than the, than the Jordan? Why in the world would I want to do this? Well, his servant said, hey, dude, if he, he'd asked you a hard thing, you would have done it. All he said was go dip. Now, why am I using this? Because a lot of times when it comes to God's word, we, we want to we resist it. We don't want obey it. We, I mean, I don't want to do this. I got something better over here or whatever. Oh, do you? You know, when you have all these problems in your life and everything's coming unraveled, are you trying to tell me you got something better? If it were a hard thing, you know, then maybe you, you know, you'd have done whatever, you know, sucked it up and you know whatever. But the reality is, is that God's word and obeying it really, you know, is kind of a simple thing. It can be hard on our flesh and different things that name, but you get it. You know, while he he went and he obeyed, and guess what? He was restored. He got healed. Hallelujah. So, so, so it's kind of like, you know, he's asking a question, why? What do I got to do this for? Why? You know, and people in their personal lives do the same thing. Why do I have to obey God? Why do I have to do this? Why do I need to go to church? Why do I need to tithe? Why do I need to be good? Why do I, you know, whatever? Why, 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 why? Well, here's the thing. The formula is this. To understand why, you have to submit and apply. That's all there is to it. And the thing of it is, is what's so wild about it is, is that, you know, people, they have the question why, but they don't want to submit and apply, and so what ends up happening is they never do know, and they blame, and they go down life's destructive road instead. So I'm just saying, you know, yeah, it takes faith to obey God. It takes faith to believe that what he said is true, but I'm telling you this much about it, praise God. His living word works, and we've talked quite a bit, uh, uh, quite a long time here, but, you know, you're such good listeners. Praise God, it's hard for me to stop. Glory to God. So anyway, you know, I'll, I'll say it this way in closing. You know, to understand, you know, marriage from God's perspective, in order for you to understand it, you have to submit and apply. To understand God's, you know, understand prosperity from God's perspective, you have to submit and apply. To understand divine health from God's perspective, you have to submit and apply. To understand peace, God's peace, and His joy in your life, come on now, to understand, you know, how that comes about, we have to submit and to apply. And really, that that principle is true in so much of our lives. And again, let me just say, you know, God's Word works. Let's esteem. What it is that he said? Let's let's really make an application. Let's let's stop making the excuses. If you got chronic problems in your life, and, and I've talked quite a bit about marriage here this evening, and uh, the reality is is that you know there are challenges in life. We're raising kids. We're we're doing all of these things within our lives, and and uh, you know there's just a lot going on, and uh, but the truth of the matter is is that there are real solutions. Uh, for the problems that we seem to be having. But I got to tell you, the application of his word has to be applied to you, your heart, your life, your mind, your thinking. Like I said before, you know, uh, we cannot have changes within our lives if we don't change the way that we think. And that's a, that's a whole nother subject to uh, discuss and talk about. But I trust that some of the things I've shared with you uh, tonight can really be a blessing to you and really help you. And I want to pray with you. I want to make an application of these truths, you know, and, and if you're there and watching the broadcast, things of that nature, maybe there are uh, chronic things that are going on within your marriage. Uh, they just keep cropping up. There never seems to be a solution to them. You know, there's just all of these different kinds of things. I'm telling you, dear friend, child of God, listen, I'm telling you, God has an answer, but we have to submit ourselves to him. What do I mean? I mean, we need to humble ourselves before him and say, God, fix me. And if you'll do that, my friend, listen, if you'll do that, and especially if you're, if you're married to a believer, and if the two of you will do this, I'm telling you, it can change your life. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your home. It'll make life so much better. And he wants the best for you. You may have to give some things up. You know, some of you that have become workaholics, you know, well, it's kind of commendable that, you know, you're not afraid to work. I can thank God for that. I'm kind of that way myself. But yet, right on the other hand, you know, at what expense? You know, in other words, how far does that go? Sometimes, you know, praise God, we just, we just need to let it go. It's not important. What's important are the people that are around us, the relationships we have. And um, But, you know, nobody can convince you of that but you. You're the one who has to come to the realization that I need a change. Well, listen, God stands ready. He's fully aware, and he wants to help you. So pray with me if you would. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you so very much for everything you've said within your word that serves as a guide, Father God, pertaining our, to our conscience, uh, to our conduct, to the way we live, and how it is, Father, that you would bless our lives. Father, I pray for those that Listen to this broadcast, and God, I ask you to help them. For those couples and their marriages and individuals, Father God, who may be chasing all the wrong things, help them, Father. Help them to see. Help them to understand. And God, I just thank you that as they come to you, as they, they turn their heart and their lives and everything to you, that, God, you will answer them, that you will bless them, you will help them, and you will deliver them, Father. And I thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Listen, thank you again so much for joining us this evening. Uh, We know that uh, we're really excited about getting back together, having our normal midweek services where we can come together within the company of other believers. And uh, that's soon on the horizon. We're making our plans for that as well, and it's going to be good. So thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for your contributions, uh, your giving, your support of the church you know, helping it to remain strong. We're still doing lots of things around here and taking care of stuff and and making improvements, doing this and that and the other. We have it within our heart that we're going to be uh, uh, sowing some seed into some missionaries' lives. You know, they've they've all been impacted by this corona thing, and we just want to praise God, give the devil a black eye and help a whole bunch of uh, these missionaries, you know, to be strong and be able to continue doing what it is that they're doing. Hallelujah. So many opportunities that are in front of us, and we're going to take them. Hallelujah. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome thing. So um, as a usual, normal kind of thing on the screen there, you'll see that you can give either by texting or you can give online to uh, fellowship, uh, um, Give. And you can also participate in other ways by sending in the mail, PO Box 195, Oakland, Iowa. Thank you, you guys, for your, your support. Thank you, because I know that in your faithfulness, God will reward you openly, and you will be blessed. So we look forward to seeing you this weekend, perhaps, or next Wednesday. And uh, away we go. Glory to God. God bless you.